listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at bethanynaz.org. Guess where I grew up? You know, I, I had wonderful parents growing up in that small Kentucky town. And I had a wonderful church. And pastors were significant people in our lives. And there were lots of volunteers in that church that worked with young people like me. And, um, and, and they had great wisdom. And they prayed for me. And, and all of those things were great. I, I will add this, that it was a very conservative environment. And, and we focused sometimes more on what we shouldn't do than we focused on what we should do. And, and I'm just being frank with you to tell you that, that as a young person growing up in that church, and I know it was never the intention of my parents or my pastors or those wonderful volunteers who invested in me, but, but there were many seasons of my teenage life where that following Jesus had a lot to do with keeping rules. And I wasn't great with rules. And so I often didn't feel like a great follower of Jesus. So if you'll just hang on to that, we'll come back to it in a minute, I promise you, okay? A few months ago, I read a book by James Bryan Smith called Good and Beautiful You. And, and really the goal of Good and Beautiful You is to, is, to, is to become the person that God created you to be. And so we begin to think about it and we said... You know, let's talk about what God sees when God sees you. And these aren't his words, but our words. And we said, what if we thought about you from God's view? You like that? When God sees you, what does he see? And so we opened the series last week by beginning with the first chapter of his book. And we'll use those first five over these five weeks. But we talked about the fact that you have a soul. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says, and man became a living soul. So you're not just a body, but you're a body with a soul. I said over and over last week, you are an embodied soul. I like that. You're not a body without a soul. You're not a soul without a body. You have a body and a soul. Which in essence constitutes what it means to be human. A body and a soul. And may I just say, right up front, you have an amazing body. Makes it awkward, doesn't it? The truth is, you do. You have an amazing body. You have eyes that see and ears that hear and you have... Hands that feel and you have a nose that smells and a mouth that tastes. You have a built-in temperature regulating system. That just, that's, that, that just comes stock. That's just base model right there. Everybody has one of those. Yeah. And, and when you think about how your body functions, you, you have an amazing body. So just do me a favor and touch your body for a minute, okay? Please do not touch the bodies of those around you, okay? But just... <laughs> Touch something. Just get in touch with your physical self. This blood-pumping heart of yours with flesh that's all hanging on the skeleton. Just become aware that you... Do you feel your body? Yeah. So when you do, do you find it interesting? 
that, that the Bible says that we should offer your bodies. You with me? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's not our world, but it was their world. This idea of animal sacrifice to please the God was common with the ancient people. Everybody, both the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians at Rome, understood what Paul was talking about when he said, as a living sacrifice. Living, though, it's like if I just walked down the steps and I just laid down on the altar and I just said, God, I'm yours. My whole self is yours. Do with me whatever you want me to do. What, whatever you ask of me, God, I'll do. If you want me to tell people about Jesus, I'll tell people about Jesus. If you want me to disciple people in the faith, I'll disciple people in the faith. God, I'm just yours. Holy, set apart. God, from now on, I am yours and yours only. And pleasing. I come with a spirit and a heart that pleases you. This is your true and proper worship. I thought what we did the last 30 minutes was worship. Paul says, it's a form of worship, but offering your whole life to God, this is, this is your worship. So, you might be saying, he's going to do this switch thing, right? He's going to give us the Greek word, which really doesn't mean body. Let me give you the Greek word. It's soma. You know what it means? The physical body. So I'm not doing a switch. When Paul says, offer your bodies, I really believe that he means, and other believes that he means, and maybe you believe that he means, your whole self. Everything that I am, God, I just totally surrender my life to you, offer my whole self to you for whatever you want of me. So, Rick, you said you were going to come back and talk about the rules conversation. I am, and so here we go. What if living the Christian life is not about keeping the rules? But offering one's whole self to God. For me, that's life-changing. For me, that is everything. For me, that's daylight and dark. It's not about saying, God, I'll, I'll try better tomorrow to keep the rules better. Oops. Broke another rule. God's probably not happy with that. What, what, what if it's not about that? What if it's totally different? What if it's about just getting up in the morning and saying, God, I'm yours. Do with me today whatever you want to do with me. Whatever you ask me, I'll do it. I'm yours. I'm just offering myself. I'm offering this body, my whole self, my body and soul. I'm just going to lay it on the altar and say, God, whatever whatever you want of me, you got it. I'm yours. A living sacrifice. So let me take you to that, that text in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, okay? So we start with the word, therefore... We've laughed some and said, when you see the word therefore, you need to figure out what it's there for. And so what it's there for is that he has spent 11 chapters talking theology. If you don't believe me, reread the first 11 chapters of Romans. You'll feel knee deep in theology. He talks about sin. He talks about Jesus. He talks about what Jesus did on the cross. 
so that our sins could be forgiven. He talked about the resurrection. He talks about being raised to this new life with Jesus. And after 11 chapters of theology, he says, therefore, let's talk about what it means to your everyday life. What does what you have in your head and what you believe to be true, what does that have to do with the way you behave? All right. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, when you think about all that God's done for you, there's something inside of us that says, God, I just want to I just want to follow you. I just want to love you. I just want to serve you. OK, so offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not about conforming to the patterns of the world. It's about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You struggle to know what God's will is. He said, well, if you if you go this route, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. This is God's word for us today. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I had a friend send me a link to a story of a guy named Ben Fuller. You know who Ben Fuller is? I didn't know either. Let me show you his picture. That's him. Let me tell you a story. He said, I grew up on a small dairy farm in Vermont. Growing up, I did not have the love of my father. I wanted it desperately. I, I, I tried to live as if I was okay and looked apart. I played football, captain of our team. On the outside, you would think that I was okay, but inside, I was a wreck. Ben Fuller says, eventually, I turned to alcohol and finally began using cocaine. So my life became a mess. He, he goes on to tell the story about, about how he picked up a guitar and began to play country music in college. He said in 2018, I moved to Nashville. I would, I would take my guitar down to Broadway in Nashville and, and I would play cover songs. And after about a year of that, I, I remember thinking my life felt empty. There was a family that I had met in Nashville and they called me one day and they said, Hey, Ben, why don't you come over to the house for dinner? And so he says, I went to their house for dinner one night. And he says... After dinner, we're talking and they're talking about their church. And, and they finally say to me, hey, Ben, why don't you why don't you go to church with us on Sunday? And Ben said, I, I said, yes, having no idea what I was agreeing to. He said, I remember that Sunday morning walking into that church and there was this music and and people's hands were lifted in the air and, and, and people were singing and, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite relate. I didn't know what this music was about and I certainly didn't know what this Jesus was about. But this one guy was singing about the way that God turned his life around. And, and I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew that my life needed to be turned around. And so I, I leaned in and, and somewhere in that moment, Ben Fuller said, for the first time I believe in my life, I heard God speak to me. And he said, Ben, I've given you your voice. 
And for the rest of your life, you're going to sing for me. And Ben Fuller said, I, I became emotionally wrecked. I started crying. It was like I melted right there. And I'm standing there crying. And I'm, and I'm saying to myself, what, what is happening to me? What, what is, I don't know what's happening to me right now. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. It's like God. And I knew it was God said, Ben, I gave you your voice. And for the rest of your life, you're going to sing for me. And Ben Fuller said, in a moment, my life was changed. He said, I was drinking 15 beers a night and it went to seven and it went to two and it went to no beer. I didn't want, I didn't need any beer. I didn't need alcohol. I didn't need cocaine. I didn't need anything. My language just changed. My values changed. My life changed. I was changed. And he said, now three and a half years sober because of what Jesus has done for me. I live with a burning desire to tell everybody how Jesus turned my life around. And now I write songs about what Jesus did for me. You have any idea what kind of power there is in simply inviting somebody to church? What, what is God wanting to do through you? By simply saying to somebody, you want to go to church with me on Sunday? And, and I just live in this place where that a guy who did not know Jesus, who said Jesus was only a swear word to me up until that morning, heard God say, Ben, I gave you your voice and for the rest of your life, you're going to sing for me. And, and you, ought to, you, ought to, you ought to listen to his music. It is, it is great stuff. It's like he, he offered his whole life to God in that moment. Here's this guy that just knows nothing about Jesus. And he just, he just lays his whole body on the altar and says... I'm yours. Use me. Just do whatever it is you want to do through me. He offered his body to God. I think, I think there's a couple of things I ought to say. One is that most of us, you know, spend most of our lives not feeling good about our bodies. All of a sudden, everybody in the room heard what I said. If, if I said to you, fill in the blank, my body is too... You've got, you've got something to say, don't you? Everybody has a word. Mine is, my body is too muscular. Just, I'm so muscle-bound, I have no flexibility. I didn't think you'd buy it, but I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, it's worth a try. Now, my body's getting older. That's the truth. Slower. I look at the back of my hands most days and realize those aren't the hands of a young man anymore. They look different. 
So, we, we realize too that, you know, I don't know, it feels like for me that, that, that things used to be lifted, you know? But gravity's having a major impact on my body. Um, the, the word I would use is settling, which is unsettling. Um, and we only get one body, that is, in this world. I'm 61, I've had this one the entire time. And they tell me that I'm going to die with this one. So, if you want to find me, just look for my body, I'll always be in it. I, I think the other thing that I, I think we ought to just kind of acknowledge is that um, we, we see the body often as a bad thing on this Christian journey. I, I don't think he came up with the idea, but he gets a lot of credit for it. I think the idea was always around, but it was Plato who said, the body is a prison for the soul. And, and he prayed for one day when his, when his soul would be released from the body. I, I, I think we see the body as, as something that is, um, you know, simple, um, the, the body is an obstacle to our Christian growth. James Bryan Smith, let me quote him because he really inspired the sermon. He said, we have a dis- dualistic view, rather, of the human person. Spirits who have bodies. The spirit is good, but the soul is... I mean, the, the spirit is good, but the body is, is sinful. And so I would challenge you this morning just to, just to resist that false narrative. It was God who created bodies, right? And do you remember what God said after he created Adam? It was good. I I don't think God was saying the body is a prison of the soul. And the body's sinful and the soul's good. I don't think that was God's... God said bodies are good. Corpus Christi. You know what that is? It's more than a... Texas town, I'll tell you that now. It's the Latin phrase for the body of Christ. Jesus had a body. God comes to earth in a body. Paul truly had this thinking going on in his head, and he finally got it straightened out. When he thought about his body, he said, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But listen to what he says. Thanks be to God who delivered me, who delivers me rather through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so what I'm trying to say to you this morning is really simply this. And that is that our bodies can be redeemed for God's purpose. And it's going to appear on the screen right there. Ben Fuller. Ben Fuller's body that he was abusing and giving into the urges of cocaine and alcohol. Experienced redemption. Laid himself on the altar. And God has redeemed his body for God's purpose. Yeah. So let's talk about what you do. I, I, I get it. I get it. I truly do. I understand. I understand. I, I want to be the person who says, I think for myself. Ain't got nobody thinking for me, man. I'm thinking for myself. And that's probably true to some degree. 
Do you know how many words you hear in an average day? The average person in America, do you know how many words you will hear on an average day? You want to guess? 20 to 30,000 words in a day. It's a lot of words. You're going, yeah, we're hearing a lot of words right now, too. <laughs> 20 to 30,000 words in a day. Think about how many different voices are speaking into your life in a day. You know what Paul is saying? You've got to sort that out. You've got a lot coming at you. And he says, don't be conformed to this world. Let me give you N.T. Wright's paraphrase of that, okay? Don't let this present age squeeze you into its mold and dictate how you think and behave. You're going to hear a lot of voices, but you've got to determine where the truth is in all those voices. And so don't let this present age squeeze you into its mold and dictate how you're going to think and behave. And so when he uses the word, don't be conformed to the world, he doesn't use cosmos, the, the, the God's creation, okay? He uses the word ion in the Greek. You know what it means? It means a period of time, a segment of time. So, so it was this idea that, that Paul says, in, in my age, in the time in which I'm living, there's a lot of thinking out there. And it's not all good thinking. And I can't let that kind of thinking squeeze me into its mold and determine how I think. Paul knew that, that there would be other days. There would be other ages. The Apostle Paul knew before Bob Dylan sung it that the times they are a-changing. And we're living in an age. And there's a lot of thinking going on. And a lot of voices. And Paul is saying... You gotta sort that stuff out. In fact, here's what he says. He says in, in verse two, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So just think with me for a minute, okay? When, when you think about the average person in America who's hearing 20 to 30,000 words a day, and they're gathering those words from conversations with individuals, from media, any kind of social, television, you name it. Music. Talking heads are everywhere. This is where I always live. Where, where, where are people hearing truth? I've got people in my life that I love dearly. And they're hearing all these voices. And I often ask myself, where, where, where do they hear the truth? When, when, when I get up in the mornings and I open God's Word, I feel like I've been lied to all the day before. And, and that's where I get centered and I say, okay, here's the truth. I've heard a lot of stuff, but I've got to sort through it and I've got to find the truth. If, if there was somehow there was a guide or something, you know, if, if we could have a book that just had the truth and you could just test everything by the book. Let, let me tell you something. We, we have a guide. We have a source of truth that God has generously given us. 
You know what I love about Acts 17? It's a story of Paul going to Berea to share the gospel. And you know what the people in Berea did? They listened to what Paul said. Okay, these are Jewish people. They're listening to what he said. But they judged what he said according to the scripture. We hear you, but we're going to have to look at the scripture and see if what you're saying is true. And so they looked at everything that Paul said, and then they said, well, we're going to have to turn to the Scripture and see if what you're saying is true. And so, just offer yourself to God, but don't, don't offer yourself to the present age and to their way of thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I want you to stand with me and I want to pray for you. But I also want to say to you that if your story is a little bit like Ben Fuller's story, and and you would just say, Rick, I I've never given myself to God. Today you could you could do that. You could come forward and you could just offer yourself to God. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for years, but you say, you know, it, it, it's it's not been a complete offering of my whole self. It's not been a total surrender of my life. But but today I just feel like I want to just go down to that altar. And offer myself as a sacrifice, living sacrifice to God. My whole self. And I invite you to come as we sing in a moment. Lord, you hear us pray. You meet us here. You love us. You're close. You're near. We love you. Thank you for your word today. Touch our hearts now as we Listen to this song. Amen.
place today, go in the love of God and the grace of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.